BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free... This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Uh, uh, uh. It Could Happen Here, a podcast about frustrating people and frustrating times. That's not all it's about. Sometimes we talk about nice things like like raising sheep or uh, yep. unionization uh, efforts, you know, the endless struggle of working people to better the world. Um, yeah. But not today. Today we're having a real real piece of shit episode about a real piece of shit. <laughs> and it's going to make everybody unhappy. Hello, Garrison. Hello, James. How are you both doing today? So much better for hearing that, Robert. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just ready to have a, a fine evening here. Yeah. Learning about yeah. something that's probably very fun. Yeah, Garrison, yeah, it's gonna be you, good. Don't, you don't have you don't have your soda stream. Disappointed in you. Yeah, James no. and I are now soda stream pilled. I've not yeah. uh, I've not gotten the company soda stream yet. It had, that hasn't. Uh, it's must a have generational lost in the mail. thing. Yeah, yeah no, no. The uh, unfortunately, the company beverage is uh, is Billy Beer, uh, Billy Carter, uh, Jimmy Carter's brother's beer that was on sale for roughly a year in the nineteen seventies. Um, <laughs> is it made of peanuts? <laughs> if only. No, so today, um, let's start. I, I, I got a question for you. Have either of you seen the Barbie movie? Yes, no. I have. Mm. Was, how was it? Jay? Well done, uh, Gare. Oh, I didn't go, buddy. It's all Gare. Yeah. Uh, the 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 set dressing was was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was a great lesson in like liberal recuperation. I'm yeah. sure. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be great for like kids who like don't yeah. know what fem- who like don't know what feminism is. But uh, but yeah, yeah. It seems I have not watched it either. Um, it doesn't seem like a, my kind of movie. 
but I, it seems broadly accurate. Correct me, correct me if I'm wrong here, that it has what you might call like very, very modest and fairly mainstream approachable feminist messaging. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, yeah. That seems like mm-hmm. it's fair, which most people would not be particularly angry about. And, but a, a, a sizable chunk of the very online right, the, uh, the the chunk of the right particularly that makes their living by having takes on shit, has, uh, has, has been up in arms ever since it came out, and particularly ever since Shocked. it made more than a billion dollars in the box office. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are aware that our old friend Ben Shapiro uh, filmed a 42-minute <laughs> video tearing it apart uh, <laughs> in his... His signature okay. preteen stolen valor voice. After I watched the movie, me and some friends tried to watch the Ben Shapiro video for fun. We made it like six minutes in and then everyone forced me to stop. Intolerable shit. <laughs> cowards. Also, cowards. Yeah, Get they are friends. cowards, but that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. elsewhere in the right and kind of the less mainstream acceptable chunks of what we'd call the insurgent right around here, various thought leaders attempted to declare the movie stealth conservative propaganda as a way of yes. insisting that its success was really due to it being anti-woke. That's silly too. <laughs> None of this is worth discussing in detail. I promise you all, this is not going to be a podcast about the fucking Barbie movie. None of this is worth discussing in detail Save to say that Shapiro's anger at the movie, and particularly its comic relief character, Ken, seems to have been the more widespread response from those kinds of people. Now, because I have made, over the years, a lot of poor decisions in my browsing and engaging habits over the years, Twitter sends me a lot of weirdo right-wing responses to everything that happens in the world, including this movie. And one of these posts that I I caught uh, somewhere in late July, around the 22nd, 23rd, caught my eye. Now, this post features a vaporwave filtered kin photoshopped in front of a burning Viking longhouse, accompanied by the text, exit the longhouse. Now, when you see something like this and you don't know what they're getting at, like you you have two choices. If you're like, you get like, I don't know, kids, a really demanding job. Uh, anything at all going on in your personal life. You scroll right past it. If you're me, you spend like four and a half hours reading various like fascist essays uh, about feminism uh, to try to figure out what the fuck a longhouse has to do with the Barbie movie. Now, the guy who had made this post is a a low-level fascist political columnist uh, named Lomez. He is, he's kind of on the, he's he's a little bit of volapilled. Um, he's, he doesn't, he's not like, a very major figure. He's kind of several steps below anyone you've heard of. I would say like two or three steps, uh, standard deviations of fame below like Jack Posobiec. Um, But his writing has a degree (laughs) of purchase among the kinds of conservatives who trick Ron DeSantis into running incomprehensible campaign ads with Sonnenrads in them. He has, Uh he's like, he's got a little bit of influence among that kind of crew. And he's sort of in the conversation with a lot of those people. I took notice of his post because I'd seen the term longhouse being used by a couple of these guys off and on. Um, And because Lomez's post got like 3,000-something likes, which meant that, yeah, there's some community out there uh, that that gets what he's talking about. So on a whim, I clicked to view the quote tweets for this post, and I found a post by a user named Siege, which is, of course, a reference to a book <laughs> about carrying out acts of terrorism oh, uh, in order to bring about a white ethno-state. Yeah. Um, the post says, 
Ken is you. He is an exaggerated Western man in the 21st century, anxious, confused, chasing women who don't care about him. He exits the longhouse and discovers his own will to power. Like you, he decides to bring this knowledge back to his fellow man. And it's, you know, I'm going to, I'll show you guys this, this post here. It's pretty... It's pretty Nazi, yeah. yeah pretty, it's... pretty, pretty Nazi. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's not the best work on Ken. Like he, it looks like a blob. No, I, I will say I have a little bit of respect for the craft here that he didn't just go to an AI. That looks like somebody like crudely mm-hmm. cut a picture of of Ken that they had like uh, 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 color inverted and then photoshopped <laughs> it into a, a picture of a longhouse with a fire behind it. Um, yeah, it's too this crude a, a Photoshop for AI. Uh, I, yeah. I I will say uh, uh, Siege's d- uh, description of Ken from the from the from the Barbie movie is pretty accurate to what's mm-hmm. in the film. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, so, what is the Longhouse? What the fuck does a Longhouse have to do with what are otherwise pretty standard neo Nazi esque messaging about you know the decadence and, and failure of modern man and all that kind of shit? Um, and is this dumb fascist meme something that you need to care about? Uh, now, unfortunately, the answer to that is yes, because all of this ties back to one extremely influential uh, insurgent right-wing ideologue whose followers have been close to the presidency once before and may yet find themselves there again. That asshole is an MIT graduate named Costin Alamario who posts online under variations of the name Bronze Age Pervert. You guys, how, how, how aware are you of Bronze Age Pervert? Or BAP, as he's often known? Uh, so I've heard of BAP, uh, uh, but uh, maybe only in passing, because I wasn't familiar mm-hmm. with Bronze Age Pervert. Thank yeah, God. And thank you so much for, for sharing him with me today, Robert. <laughs> oh, oh, you're going to be so much less happy. Garrison, you, you, are you familiar with this fella? I, th- I think I may have only seen stuff from him in passing. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not overly familiar now. Yeah, that was kind of my experience until like a month or so ago when I started really digging into the guy. Um, and I, I don't feel better as a result of having done that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we know that this guy's actual name is Kostin Alamariu because of a very recent Atlantic article. It was like a month ago that this guy got revealed in this article because this writer for the Atlantic was a friend of his like in at MIT. Like it was just somebody who like and recognized his voice on a podcast. Um <laughs> Now, this article, I find it frustrating for a number of reasons. I don't think it's great analysis of of BAP's work or what people find appealing in it um, or a particularly honest intellectual look at what this guy has to say. Um, But it does have some interesting reveals, including the fact that Bronze Age Pervert's first public media appearance was a parody audio tour for an exhibition at the Boston Museum of Fine Arts written by B.J. Novak, who played Ryan in The Office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's odd. <laughs> and yeah. it it's it's one of those BJ Novak is not not a, a stealth Nazi, don't worry. Um but the the video or the thing that they put together does kind of fit for like a fascist art project and I'm going to I'm going to read how the Atlantic describes this audio tour they put together to get there or put that the, they assembled together. Novak had recruited a Romanian classmate with a deep voice, and together they'd recorded an audio tour for the exhibition Tales from the Land of Dragons, A Thousand Years of Chinese Painting. With the help of friends, they then slipped cassettes containing their tour into the museum's official audio guides. Art lovers must have wondered about the thick Eastern European accent that greeted them over the twang of a Chinese string instrument. The Romanian soon became opinionated. 
Personally, he said, I think this painting is a piece of crap. Then deranged, he alluded to his disgusting ab- uh, anatomical abnormalities. He called his listeners decadent imperialist maggots and confessed a desire to smash a glass case with a sledgehammer and rip a, stro- a scroll to shreds with my teeth, which, by the way, are extremely long and sharp, more like fangs than human teeth. At last, he offered an interlude of idiot music while he fumbled with his script. This should keep you occupied, you drooling imbecile, he bellowed at the listeners, by now either amused or complaining to to management. So there's like there's like little little whiffs of degenerate art stuff in there, but it's also just kind of like um like uh, like a little bit of like max headroomy uh kind of stuff like where you're kind of tricking people into 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 consuming yeah. this like parody artwork thing. Like again, I think this was a pretty innocent joke on Novak's fault uh part. But Costin number 1 probably got picked for this because He's a he's he's got a thick Romanian accent that he very much plays up. He was noted in this time as kind of talking like Dracula deliberately. He also would always wear these like long and elaborate black coats so that he kind of looked like a Dracula type figure. Like he was, you know, he was he was doing a bit. He was putting on like a um, that was the image uh, he wanted to he wanted to portray himself as to people as kind of like mysterious and Eastern European sort of uh, sort of figure. Now, Costin first started posting as Bronze Age pervert on a series of obscure web forums in 2010. In the November of 2013, he joined Twitter and immediately fell in with a loose community that uh, some people call Frog Twitter. And these are, you know who these guys are. It's like a general term for anonymous alt-right adjacent um, posters with yeah. like Pepe avatars. Yeah. Um, and the other group, the uh, the kind of related people that he fell in with and that he started to have uh, traction with are adherents to a fascist philosopher known as Curtis Yarvin or Mincius Moldbug. Curtis is his real name. Mincius Moldbug is the the pseudonym he wrote under. Now, <laughs> I, I know it's a terror. It's uh, these Dude, people why are very do they always do this shit, man. It's just so pathetic. Like, like play uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Just, the, just a, a just solid twenty percent of our fascist problems are like people didn't get a reliable D and D group early enough. Like a lot of these, yeah. I think Baldur's Gate 3 is going to save us from a lot of these guys in the future. <laughs> <laughs> it is the Antifa computer game. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Curtis Yarbin, a.k.a. Mincius, is a, a UC Berkeley graduate in computer science who joined the tech industry and got pilled on a strain of anti-democratic libertarian theory. <laughs> this is this is like a this is a pathway, man. Yeah, this is perfect. Well, Bronze Age pervert also goes into tech after graduating from MIT. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, a decent number of these guys come out of like Stanford and shit like it's all uh, it's all these guys who are, in fact, to some extent, like intellectual elites. Bronze Age perverts. Dad is a teacher at MIT. Like um, just kind of like you look at like Stephen Miller's background. Right. A lot of these guys come yeah, out no. of like liberal academia families. Um, yep. But anyway. Yeah, it's very so, common. Yeah. Um, Curtis comes out of, uh, yeah, gets into the tech industry and he writes a book kind of while he's he's working and like he's a, he's a founder and stuff for some company. He writes a book in 2001 titled Democracy, the God That Failed. Uh, follows it up with a series of blog essays and his writing becomes very influential among Silicon Valley proto-fascists. Yarvin's ideas in brief is that the US is run and, and a lot of Western society is really run by what he calls the cathedral, which is a mix of professors and journalists who act as a Brahmin class dominating the United States with a progressive state religion. 
Um, he sees their egalitarian <laughs> impulses as toxic, uh, the destruction of natural civic order, and advocates for his followers to design new architectures of exit to replace the cathedral with what is effectively a right-wing dictatorship. Uh, the n- number one supporter of Curtis Yarvin's ideas uh, and financial backer of him is Peter Thiel. Uh, Teal has uh, funded Yarvin's work, is a big fan of what he has to say, and his philosophy, which is generally referred to as the Dark Enlightenment. And this is, when we're talking about the Dark Enlightenment, we're talking like mid-aughts is kind of when this stuff starts to really take off. This is before the alt-right that kind of becomes really well-known nationwide is a is a is a a major term. This is like in the pre and right around ga- Gamergate period is when his he's really starting to take off with a lot of folks. Um, and he certainly he feeds into the alt right to Trump, you know, and and to that period of time. But he's much more on the um, the pseudo intellectual end of things as opposed yeah. to the like hitting folks in the street end of things. That's why he gets a lot of Peter Thiel money. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, Bronze Age pervert is kind of a um, he, he's, he espouses a philosophy that rhymes with with mold bugs with Yarvin's philosophy in many ways. But where Yarvin dresses his words and is writing up in a, a costume version of mainstream academic discourse, Bronze Age pervert is unapologetically online and weird, and he writes like somebody who spends too much fucking time on the internet. Um, a lot of his stuff is cloaked in things that are like half jokes, or at least want to be have plausible deniability of jokes, so that like if you take them seriously. Seriously, he can make fun of you for falling for the bit. But he describes himself on Twitter as an aspiring nudist bodybuilder, uh, free speech, and anti-xenoestrogen activist. Um, so just just the cool. most irritating kind yeah, of guy it's, imaginable. Yeah, it's a normal guy. Much of his politics centers around a worship of ancient Greece, uh, which he believes settled on the scientifically ideal uh, human form. Um, He believes men should engage in bodybuilding and nude sunbathing to emulate the Greeks. And you'll see sometimes his followers be like, oh, you're an idiot if you fell for that. But legitimately, half of what this guy posts about is just pictures of bodybuilders um, and his (laughs) pictures of himself uh, being looking very jacked. Like he's he's it's it's that it. If that's all a bit, um, then all he has is this silly bit because it is it is dominant in his content. Um, <laughs> BAP's ancient Greek or BAP's ancient Greeks are incredibly straight and hate women with a passion. One of those things is more or less right. Uh, Greek, uh, uh, <laughs> like upper class yeah, Greeks, yeah. not super pro women. Um, yeah, n- the not cathed- woke. Yeah, not woke. Uh, The cathedral in his eyes is an oppressive dictatorship of femininity, if not always of women, over masculinity. Cancel culture is a particular topic of his ire. Um, And he seems to see it as basically these, that there are traditionally feminine methods of argumentation and conflict, whether or not women are the ones doing them in any given situation. Uh, Cancel culture is like the purest expression of this. And he believes that these kind of feminine methods of conflict uh, destroy masculinity and and make cultural progress impossible. They chain men to this kind of like, he he sees, you know how a lot of anarchists will talk about how ancient societies, hunter-gatherer societies and like were often more egalitarian than a lot of like medieval societies, classical societies. Yeah. Um, and yeah. this is often, you like know, a, the, lot of, yeah. a lot of folks do make the mistake of like idealizing these cultures, but like that's a thing that mm-hmm. gets talked about a lot positively by by um, by some anarchists. Um, and I think obviously it's worth studying. 
Um, he takes the opposite tact of like these ancient cultures, like li- like people lived in the fucking mud and were miserable, and it was because it, they were egalitarian. It was because the women were dominating the men, right? Um, this is going to lead us to the longhouse in short order, but we have some more to cover right here. Um, so he focuses a huge amount on anti-egalitarian arguments and on supporting a culture dominated by strong, beautiful, powerful people who look like Greek statues and suppress women and anyone else who doesn't look sexy. Basically, <laughs> you get the feel like that's a big part okay. of it to this guy. Like he wants he wants a date a dictatorship of hot, violent men. Um, that's his. That's a big part of what he <laughs> argues with. Has he watched Lenny Reifenstahl's Olympia? Because this this seems oh like god, the, the, he, like, yeah, I feel like that's playing in the back of thought. his fucking mind at all times. Yeah. yeah. Now, BAP argues that the state in its uh, present form preserves the lives of the weak and feeble-minded, allowing them to oppress the naked Aryan bodybuilders who, by all rights, ought to run things. The prime repository of his philosophy is his 2018 book, Bronze Age Mindset, which was at one point uh, in the top 150 books on Amazon. Um, A former Trump White House official told Politico in 2019, if you're a young person, intelligent, adjacent in some way to the right, it's very likely you would have heard of it. In chapter 35 of his book, Bronze Age, uh, uh, Bronze Age Mindset, uh, Bap writes, quote, should the tyranny that has descended on our age ever gain the power it seeks and then be challenged enough to feel itself in danger, the mass annihilations that will be carried out by homosexual, transsexual, and especially lesbian commissars will exceed in scale and cruelty anything that has yet happened in known history. Imagine uh, yes. lesbian mulatta commissars with young Martin Sheen face and haircut manning the future Bergen Belsons, installations that will span tens of miles. Yep. Sending you to the transgender gulag. Yeah, it's um, it's it, it's something else, and it's very funny because like that fucking the Atlantic writer here, um, like talks about how he's he's got this like almost hypnotizing quality to his writing, and he's he's got this really in, 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 like uh, fascinating mind that you just want to engage with, and it, it's I'll, I'll I'll read you a fucking quote from this guy's profile on Bronze Age Pervert, and try not to gag. I consider myself a connoisseur of brilliant lunatics, and I have a high <laughs> tolerance for their lunacy if it has compensating virtues of, say, humor or ingenuity. But even I find Bap worrisome. What starts as comedy can become something more sinister, and Bap shtick, while sometimes hilarious, shows every cha- sign of transforming into a mode of new far-right radicalism. He goes on at a various point to be like, yeah, he likes this book that I like, so I was willing to put up with the fact that he was... uh he was bigoted for years because like we would talk about uh, literature together. Um, you know, I just had so much respect for his mind that uh, I was willing to be strung along for a long time. I don't know. I find this a guy con- kind of insane. A connoisseur. Yeah. A connoisseur. Yeah, yeah. Of- a connoisseur <laughs> of pig shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really yeah. love sifting through all the different types of donkey dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I just can't just lick to- quite enough shit. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Robert. Uh, you know, you know what won't make you uh, become a connoisseur of dog shit internet content? What? What, what James? What James? Yeah. What will not? Well, it's a, it's a Washington State Highway Patrol. Uh, they, oh, they bought, bought I love some that. That's mm-hmm. that's the. I hope they are ready for the lesbian commissars. Um, oh, you know, I know it, I am. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're there. <laughs> the mm-hmm. woke police. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free... Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Ah, and we're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Oh yeah. So it was Joseph Conrad's novel Nostromo that that this Atlantic writer and oh, uh, and Bronze Age pervert both loved. Yeah. Of yeah. It was. Here, I'll read you another fucking paragraph. For many years, we corresponded. Costin's messages arrived irregularly, and the tone ranged from friendly and inquisitive to boorish and insulting. I went to South America on assignment. He sent long messages extolling the virtues of Joseph Conrad's Nostromo, which is set there. Set there. A friend who reads books like Nostromo and can talk about them is a friend worth putting up with. South America, just it's yeah. fucking not even a fucking country. Just yeah, incredible. No, just Atlantic generally South America. Being. And yeah. like uh, right after that, he says, after about ten years, he took to calling my friends, <laughs> and then he uses a series of slurs. At some point, he had begun bodybuilding, and he sent me a picture of himself shirtless <laughs> with the message, "Do you <laughs> like this pic of me?" Again, he's a normal thing. Just a yeah. literature guy. It's just a just a, a real genius. So B- Bronze Age Pervert's writings. Yeah. He's devastating prose. One of the one of the Greeks he's obsessed with. Because he's he he claims that like frames himself as an expert on Greek society, which he portrays as something of a a, a paradise. But he only knows about like six guys, and one of them is Alcibiades. And Alcibiades was an Athenian general and a statesman who was a big player in the Peloponnesian War. He defected from 
Athens to Sparta, and then from Sparta to the Persian Empire before being recalled and reinstated as an Athenian general. He is a real motherfucker uh, and an interesting guy. And because he was so interesting and kind of, he was very charismatic in his own time and this kind of like very shady figure too, he becomes a ce- an early celebrity. He's like one of the first famous people that's really out there. And a big part of why he stays famous is that Plato will write a lot about him and Socrates, right? And Plato's at writing, I think, after they're dead. Um, so a lot of Alcibiades is like a character written by Plato as opposed yeah. to the actual historical fact about the dude. Um, it's also worth noting, given how anti-queer BAP is, that Alcibiades and Socrates were lovers, uh, Socrates was like famously kind of a simp for Alcibiades while Alcibiades was kind of a piece of shit to Socrates a um, <laughs> lot of fun stories about that but these guys were not at all straight um, <laughs> yeah I mean pederasty was an institution in, in ancient Greece not that pederasty yeah. is the same as being no no I don't I don't think that's the same as what was going on with these two dudes yeah, yeah these dudes were just yeah in love yeah it's, it's nice. yeah, yeah. happy for yeah. you Mm-hmm. Bronze Age perverts' rants are profoundly silly to anyone who isn't a deranged chud obsessing over why girls don't like him while shooting steroids into his ass. But because that's a fertile demographic, he has influence among some important conservatives. Former Which White House fertile in the technical sense of the word. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, not not after all those steroids. Yeah, you hit yeah. that testosterone too much. <laughs> well, and no none of these guys you. will let themselves touch a WAMS because they're they're so they're so horrified by the concept of women. Um, yes, yeah, also true. So, former White House speechwriter Darren Beatty followed him on Twitter uh, and interacted with his writing, as did Minnesota State Senator Roger Chamberlain. Curtis Yarvin called him his White House cell leader. Uh, this is interesting to me because Bap himself has encouraged his young followers to avoid supporting him in public and instead hide their sympathies while taking positions in the government to institute his ideas. Um, it's also worth noting that you can find some fans of uh, Bronze Age Pervert on the so-called anti-woke left. There's clips out there from the Red Scare podcast, which the less said about the better, where the two hosts read segments of his book with a, a what seems like a degree of appreciation, calling it the good kind of racist. Yeah, um, that, also, yeah. that also makes sense in terms of their kind yes. of... They're yes. like anti-feminist stuff that they do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think his his writing, he has the, he has a very like florid purple prose style. I don't think it's good writing. I don't find it uh, particularly engaging. It's very channy and kind of exhausting, but people who are dumb fall for it. So that, yeah, you yeah. Know, he's, he's, exactly. he's hit his demo well. Now, his influence <laughs> is significant enough that some conservatives have sought to explain it. I found a fun write-up on AmericanMind.org that describes his appeal this way. So what exactly is the teaching of Bronze Age mindset, and why is it so attractive to so many young men? The answer, I think, is simple. It is a revitalized paganism, obsessed with strength and beauty. It appeals to today's young men because these things, strength and beauty, are exactly what contemporary society has tried so hard to deny them. The gospel of sun and steel, of vitalism and strength and power, are exactly what have been denied to the boys of the Western world, and their spirits militate against this. Everything great ever achieved, Bap tells us, was done through strong friendships between two men or brotherhoods of men and this includes all great political things all acts of political freedom and power now Mm -hmm. i should note 
part of what he's Bap gets at when he's talking about how these strong groups, friendships of between two men or small brotherhoods of men, he is a big advocate. And one of the reasons why he is popular among like the Adam Waffen set is he's a big advocate of his followers forming small two, three, four man groups and training with weapons together and preparing for the future, you know, day of the rope style thing. He doesn't use that yeah. term, but he's he's speaking to those people from like a more educated mindset. And there's, I think, an extent to which you could see his writing as trying to pull in that kind of educated upper crust kids of the upper middle class, um, you know, with Ivy League educations who go into politics, trying to draw them in closer to the the actual violent insurgent right, at least in terms mm-hmm. of the sympathies of their ideas and support for methods of organizing that are, are more traditionally found against, you know, the Elohim city set, right? Yeah. Um, I think there is a degree of that going on here. Now, Bronze Age pervert is more supportive of Trump than a lot of these guys, largely because he finds him funny and sees him as an avatar of disruption and destruction. Uh, yeah, it's and I, like it's it's like an accelerationist support. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Which is actually, honestly, that uh, there's a, that's perfectly logical because Trump is accelerating both the death of the kind of conservatism that is. Uh, uh, state loyal that is sort of system loyal, right? The, kind, yeah. the George W. Bush kind of conservatism, which the is very much system loyal. The conservative movement of like, of like the yeah. mid-2000s, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Trump is has done damage, terrible damage to that and damage to the structure of the state in the whole. So it doesn't, it, it's t- perfectly logical for him to support yes. Trump. He's not like, this is not inconsistent with the other things that he talks about. One of the people that that Atlantic writer talked to is Michael Anton, a former Trump administration national security official who wrote a 2019 essay in the Claremont Review of Books about Bronze Age pervert. Uh, he acknowledges <laughs> that BAP's work is racist, anti-Semitic, anti-democratic, misogynistic, and homophobic, uh, but suspect, uh, suggested that like, you know, that that's all, that's not, you know, that's not necessarily what he really believes. Maybe it is. But the big reason why he does this is it, key, it, it distracts leftists from his like his more serious like secret heresies that are like the real deep dark arcane wisdom at the center of it like <laughs> hang out with your bros and and train with guns or whatever um or yeah like hide in the fucking government and uh uh and, and waiting for the right moment to strike but then blow it all up when you make an ad for Ron DeSantis um that kind of uh uh cleverness anyway yeah. Anton writes that uh, Bronze Age pervert, quote, speaks directly to a youthful dissatisfaction, especially among white males, with equality as propagandized and imposed in our day. A hectoring, vindictive, resentful, leveling, hypocritical equality that punishes excellence and publicly denies all differences, while at the same time elevating and enriching a decadent, incompetent, and corrupt elite. There you go. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, 
sports, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. So what does all this have to do with longhouses? Well, let's finally get to that. Longhouse uh, describes a category of dwellings that have existed on basically every landmass in the planet in some form stretching back to the Neolithic period. These are, in general, large halls, sometimes with private family rooms built into them, sometimes with communal sleeping arrangements, but always organized around a large single communal hall. In ancient days, these are where feasts would be held and where groups of families or tribes would huddle together in long, cold winters. Bronze Age pervert conceives of the longhouse as an example of the miserable lives primitive and shameful cultures, not his beloved Greeks, lived in before modernity. In his writing, he makes it clear that his fear is ruled by degenerates and our fallen modernity will cause society to regress to this prehistoric misery. Now, part of his hatred of what he calls longhouse culture is that in his mind, these dwellings were dominated by women who forced men to live inside the smoky, cloying, stinking confines. This is not really accurate to any kind of history. I expect his conception here comes largely from the fact that longhouses are often suspected, because we know relatively little about many of the cultures that had them, are often suspected of having been organized among matrilineal lines. In other words, if you as a dude marry a lady, you move into her family's longhouse, right? This does sink out. There are modern cultures that lived that had longhouses or have longhouses who also lived this way, the Iroquois being a good example, right? They, that was a, a longhouse culture and where which house you lived in was matrilineal. But it is a mistake to characterize matrilineal as meaning like the women are completely in charge because they were not an Iroquois culture nor many other <laughs> cultures where longhouses existed. Yeah, uh, Vikings lived in longhouses and you might recognize their society is not precisely anti-masculine. <laughs> um, yeah, the woke Vikings. Yeah, the woke Vikings. So <laughs> this is more of a problem though with the conceptions of the longhouse that are spread by BAP's followers, because again, he's using it as a shorthand for the fact that this kind of like prehistoric darkness of egalitarianism is going to destroy the only thing that in his view can bring progress, which is small groups of beautiful men enforcing their will through violence, right? That's what he talks about when he's talking about 
the longhouse. His followers tend to use the longhouse as a short end, uh, more of a shorthand for the kind of stuff Curtis Yarvin gets at with the cathedral, a catch-all term for progressive modernity. Women who get to say no to sex and have their own credit cards, trans people on hormones, <laughs> vegan meat substitutes, and yes, the Barbie movie. Now, I open this uh, episode with a, an, a post about that movie by Lomez, an adherent of Bapism who wrote an interminable article on The Longhouse for a website called First Things, which describes itself as America's most influential journal of religion and public life. Um, I, bet, I bet it is. Yeah, I bet it yeah, is, you, buddy. You can tell because they always let you know straight away yeah. that's true. Yeah, yeah, they really got to hit that up for you. I'm going <laughs> to quote from that now. Even for those of us who use it, the longhouse evades easy summary. Ambivalent to its core, the term is at once politically earnest and the punchline to an elaborate in-joke. Its definition must remain elastic, lest it lose its power to lampoon the vast constellation of social forces it reviles. It refers at once to our increasingly degraded mode of technocratic government, but also to wokeness, to the progressive, liberal, and secular values that pervade all major institutions. The most important feature of the longhouse, and why it makes such a resonant and controversial symbol of our current circumstances is the ubiquitous rule of the Din Mother. More than anything, the Longhouse refers to the remarkable overcorrection of the last two generations towards social norms centering feminine needs and feminine methods for controlling, directing, and modeling behavior. As of 2022, women held 52% of professional managerial roles in the U.S. Women earn more than 57% of bachelor degrees, 61% of master's degrees, and 54% of doctoral degrees. And because they're overrepresented in professions such as human resource management and compliance officers that determine workplace behavioral norms, they have an outsized influence on professional culture, which itself has an outsized influence on American culture more generally. So the WAMs have taken over human resources. (laughs) He sounds like he lost a fight with a thesaurus when he's writing that, like, at every point. (laughs) Like, he's just used an unnecessarily long word. uh... Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's also just like, Women have are dominating society because they they're getting more bachelor's degrees. Yep, that's what it is. Huh, okay. Uh-huh. The yeah, fa- that's uh, the, the famously useful bachelor's degree which always leads to yeah. employment in a powerful yeah. position. To, to tremendous wealth. Oh, also and the idea that like human resources are in some degree to somehow setting the terms culturally as opposed to responding to the needs of corporations to mitigate risk, right? Like Right. That's, yeah. that's what HR actually is. It's <laughs> yeah. not setting an agenda. It is avoiding yeah. lawsuits. Um, yeah, the, it is minimizing exposure. Whatever. Yeah. Lomez also goes on to quote Richard Hanania, uh, an influential conservative thought leader who was revealed recently to be a neo-Nazi, or at least someone who regularly wrote neo-Nazi things in neo-Nazi parts of the web and wants to be seen as respectable now. We'll, we'll talk about him later. Lomez approvingly notes that Hanania echoes a Bappist talking point when he discusses how female domination of HR has given them control over public and private institutions. Now, again... This, the way Lomez is talking about this shit is not actually in line with how Bronze Age pervert conceives of the Longhouse. And one of the funnier results of everything that I've been talking about today is that Bronze Age pervert now spends much of his time on Twitter e- angrily tweeting at his followers that they're using the Longhouse <laughs> wrong. <laughs> I'm going to uh, read you a post of his from July 27th. Longhouse has gone crazy out of control, usually misused. <laughs> it's not a synonym for feminism or matriarchy, nor for group consensus. 
Francis, though those are part of the story. It's a concrete image from pre-Aryan Europe of lower life and of most traditional societies. Uh, uh, the your baby got away again. from you. Yeah. <laughs> and Pomo. some of his ire is likely due to the fact that his followers, who are largely very young, tend to apply what they see as his analysis to children's movies. <laughs> here's a here's a real good one yeah this is a uh it, it, it's a oh, post no. over a picture of like the female villain from the movie tangled oh, by God. activated sleeper uh-huh. if you want a good example of the nebulous longhouse look no further than mother gothel feign narcissism driven by resentment and envy of the young whose primary and most effective weapons are <laughs> gaslighting manipulation and the rhetoric of fanatical safetyism it's, it's good stuff. Um, Thank you, yeah. Activated Sleeper. Thank that, you, Activated yeah. Sleeper, exposing that great, the... That great cutting <laughs> cutting commentary on yeah. 2000, 2012's Tangled. <laughs> now, one of my favorite recent examples of how many of these guys use the longhouse was a post in the Off My Chest Reddit, which went viral on Twitter. The post is by a woman who says that she interrupted her husband while he was telling a story and he was like, hold up, Tani, Minner talking as like a joke. And she got angry at this and they had a fight. Uh, one popular Bappist response to this story, 1,500 likes and counting when I found it, stated, men attempt to take one comedic step out of the longhouse and the locks get 10 times bigger. Jesus now, Christ. <laughs> it is it is very silly to like bring up actual history with this, but one of the points you'll find yes. in like writing about longhouses traditionally is that because everyone was cooped up in the winter come spring, the women were generally like doing everything they could to get the men to fucking leave and go hunt or something like get the <laughs> fuck out of that. Yeah. Get out of here. Like go do something <laughs> else. We need we need like a fucking week or two without you hanging around. Yeah. Go to war. We didn't care. Yeah, go to war. Do something. Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> Nobody likes being cooped up in a fucking longhouse. Um. Anyway, that's that's the longhouse. That's a uh, Bronze Age pervert. It, it is kind of worth noting because these guys are convinced that like they they are the intellectual vanguard of this movement that's going to overturn what is classically described as liberalism this idea that like people have like rights that are worth protecting and shit um yeah. that that's a failed idea it's obviously failed look at how ugly buildings are today and they'll post some picture of like the Chicago World's Fair. Um, these people are like weirdly adjacent <laughs> to uh, the 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 tar- uh, the Tartaria conspiracy theory that a hundred years ago the world was ruled by this like vast advanced Russian Empire that made all the nice buildings, and then World War II was a secret <laughs> excuse for the rulers of the world to destroy all the good architecture, and that's yeah, why I've, buildings I've, are ugly. Yeah. <laughs> I I definitely have seen uh, mm-hmm. like this bat guy in those. In those like circles of of, of people who are like who are, like culture critic or like yes. Greek g- Greek enjoyer or whatever, yeah. they'd, like yeah, they like yeah. post pictures of like like old expensive architecture stuff and yeah. mixed in with like like either like uh, mostly mostly like brutalist or like modernist architecture yeah. and be like, what happened? What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why don't Which we make buildings like this cathedral yeah, why don't we anymore? Do this city more. <laughs> well, for one thing, like yeah. the society that people like you insisted upon is one in which like value is maximized at all costs. So we we took windows out of my school that was built in that brutalist periods because it would yeah. cut down on heating costs. Oh, yes. Or because like yeah. it's like because some like. 
prince bankrupted their country yes, yes. building this pretty yeah. building yeah. and because that's why we don't do that anymore idiots like you who thought years. like yeah jacked dudes with guns should run everything started a series of wars that bankrupted those countries and yeah. they had to sell their nice buildings <laughs> yeah. to the americans but <laughs> that's it, why it, we got the london bridge i assume but it, um, it's, it's definitely all in that all in like in, in that in that same rough yeah. rough twitter milieu um yeah. i mean it's certainly yeah. Now that you've explained all of this about the Longhouse stuff, it certainly makes sense why they're kind of fawning over the Barbie movie. And I mean, it's very clearly Ken is going to become one of these like memeable characters because yeah. of what he does in the film. Um, it, it's, he's he's going to join the pantheon of like American Psycho and uh, all of Ryan Gosling's other roles. <laughs> Um, yeah. It is it is fascinating how Ryan Gosling kind of has become like the literal poster child for much of like the dissident like anti-feminist right. Um yeah. just because of the types of roles that he's taken. Uh but yeah, I mean it it's it certainly Real makes cautionary sense. Cautionary tale, male actors. <laughs> it certainly makes sense in context of the Barbie movie in terms of how they kind of structured all of the like social critique in that in that yeah. movie. Um but but yeah, this is very silly. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it's I'm, I'm excited. I won't have to hear much more about like the uh, the stunning poetic prose of Bronze Age perfect. Yeah, yeah. fucking the Atlantic every time yeah. it never it's, fails to disappoint. It's it's so like weird because there's there's this whole thing that opens the article where he's talking about how like you know. The, the first strains of this new anti-democratic, you know, anti-liberal thinking uh, in academia came out through philosophy students who, you know, realized that their professors just took for granted, you know, the, the, the truth about things like the value of human rights and didn't, weren't ready for their arguments against them. And it was these like, these people who didn't want to be told not to think in certain ways. It's like, no, man, they were assholes. They're asshole rich kids <laughs> who needed somebody to hit them in the fucking face. Yeah. Um, if they they, need, a, they too- need a folding chair deployed on them. Like, yeah, yeah. We all <laughs> yeah. got to see I, I, recently. I demand a shutdown of all coastal universities yeah. until we figure out what the yeah. fuck is going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. If you were pretending that you are like somehow in the insurgent underground uh, as the son of an MIT professor going to MIT yourself, like you fucking dilettante yeah. that's all that's all this fucker is is a dilettante and that's all most of the people following are it's a mix of dilettantes and guys who are going to shoot up walmarts um anyway yeah. Yeah. great yeah cool give them we... give them a follow give them a follow <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> i've been checking out activated sleeper and i've learned a lot already so uh oh yeah yeah, uh, yeah. you're getting pilled mm-hmm. by him yeah, That's yeah, good. yeah, pretty much. I, I, I uh, you know, as much as one can be pilled by a fourteen-year-old, but uh, yeah, really interesting <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I think uh, uh, f- fair to say that this is an insight into a world. Oh, buddy, fuck me. Uh, All right, yeah, wait, <laughs> we're not talking about that. We are not talking about his bedroom wall. Bye, everyone. Oh, oh, wait. Now I gotta look. James, what did you? We can bleep it. You have to at least tell us what you. Oh wow, his his pinned. It's fucking. I'm not sure oh, if you can see it. It's the, a Confederate fucking, flag. Yeah. No, what's on the bed? Confederate though? flag. What and what looks like is that a German nationalist no, flag? Buddy. Is it like a German empire? Oh, it no, is. It's yellow yeah. in there. Wait, yeah, is, that, a, is that Imperial Germany? Yeah. I think uh, this guy's a Kaiserreich dude. No, dude, his, it's Franco. His, it's, it's a certainly impressive bedroom. His, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure he's getting all, <laughs> all the ladies in there. I gotta, I gotta show you guys this pinned tweet. <laughs> and then I'll read it. 
It's all caps. Fed Jesus. post. Let me tell you how much I want a fed yeah. post. There are a hundred billion neurons within my brain. If a fed post was written on each and every one of those neurons, it would not equal one billionth of the compulsion I feel the fed post at this micro instant. Fed post. Fed post. That means posting about doing a <laughs> yeah. terrorism so See, that the feds come is, and shoot this, you. This is, this is the type yeah. of tweet that could either come from some like, like... <laughs> Mentally unwell leftist. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, a yeah, Nazi. yeah. Or it's really 14. unclear. Yeah. yeah. The, the flag he has, just to be clear, is the Francoist flag of Spain, uh, which okay. is something that at oh, some good. point okay. we will have to talk about, which is the American right has been embracing Franco as like based and good uh, for a while now, like it's this kind of return to Catholic tradition and like uh, it's this anti woke crusader. I do like all of the suggested follows here on Activated Sleepers page. Sun Optimist. <laughs> <laughs> Alaric the Barbarian Imperator Philippus. <laughs> all of these people are such oh, sad boy. nerds. Here's a, he's retweeted oh, a post from Bronze Age Jacob Yurowski. Jews are like the one ring for politics. Oh, all right, well, I, th I think, uh, I think, I think we've done that. enough here. I think we, I think yeah, we reached yeah. the... I think we reached peak, uh, peak yeah. usefulness. I don't think well, we have. Guys, I hope yep. you've all learned a lot from this. Yeah. Um, have a wonderful week, have everyone. Have a wonderful week, and fuck um, you for making me write this yeah. to our listeners. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you.